0: and lily and you're listening to just, just gooey things, things. Woo. hey boo things and welcome back to just googly things the quarantine spooky story special episode 77 and we are your beautiful hosts rebecca and lily Hey. so i just had to put this out there that was a fucking phenomenal intro
1: i was about to say it seemed a lot better than the past like three yeah i think it definitely has
0: to do with like us on video compared to audio just audio yeah. um but i miss seeing your face it's a nice little it's a nice little change up from just seeing mike and loki in boots which i love them to death <laughs> but i love being able to see other people as well
1: yeah i don't blame you for that but yeah
0: anything do you have any plans
1: for today My plans for today consist of maybe a nap.
0: Okay. And some laundry. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much, I've got to do laundry too. And then I'm thinking, Lily, today may be, be the day that I bleach my pants. Oh, is today the day? We'll see. Stay tuned. I've been telling Lily that I've been wanting to like bleach my pants in like a certain design for the longest time during quarantine and have I done it yet guys of course the fuck not I haven't because you know I'm so busy doing absolutely nothing else productive um so I'm hoping that I can get to it today so stay tuned guys I may have bleach pants today could be
1: the big day the big bleach pant day
0: you know the 7-7 gotta you know even well it's not even an even number but you know Maybe there's some significance because it's the same number, 7-7 seven, seven episode. Maybe I'll get my life together on the 77th episode. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. All right. But for the real reason why you guys are here, I'm Rebecca. I'm Lily. And we're going to read you some spooky, kooky, ooky stories. And, of course, as always, Lily is going to start off with what's the first story?
1: Our first story today is called Supernatural Stuff Going Around My House and Targeting Me. So to start off, sorry for the grammar mistakes. Okay, Rebecca, sounds like we're in for a ride. Let's do this. I'm strapped. So I don't post on Reddit often, and these stories are 100% true. I didn't make a Reddit account to post something. I mostly use Reddit to look at stupid shit. (laughs) So first, let's start with this. Around a week ago, my dad was walking into the garage to grab something out of the freezer when one of my shoes flew across the room and hit him. Oh. Oh, my God. Now, I don't know if he's telling the truth, but from my own experience, I don't know. Next, we have this baseball hat in my garage that's in a cabinet. And I was sitting out there smoking a cigarette when it fell out of the cabinet onto our freezer. If you need a video of me showing you how it could, have, could not have fallen out of there, I can show you. Next, I was laying in my bedroom, and we have a bathroom that connects to the kitchen. Um, I was laying there when the door shut, and at first I thought it was my brother or parents using the bathroom. Then I started to hear noises, like someone looking for something. Then the door opened and the lights turned off on their own. I was so fucking scared, I ran out of my room and asked everyone if they had been in there, and they all said no. Now, if there's any more events, I'll keep y'all posted, but I can not make any sense here uh, because I'm dead-ass getting scared. The end. Hmm.
0: The shoe-throwing makes it seem like it's either one of two things. It's either a dark spirit that is violent, or it's a young spirit that's just trying to, like, joke around. And you know, like, young kids, they can... Yeah. They just throw things, and they don't really think of the consequences before they do something.
1: Yeah, they, like, don't really get it yet. Uh-huh.
0: So it could be either... I mean, it could be a couple spirits. Uh, what like What is your take on it?
1: Well, at first I was thinking maybe the garage is haunted because a lot of activity happens in the garage Mm -hmm. but it could just be a coincidence because that's only like two out of the three stories were in the garage so i think that i mean i feel like it's only one spirit that's just really mischievous Yeah, and it could be like an immature adult spirit that's kind of dark or like you said a child spirit but i feel like i feel like child spirits tend to manifest themselves more physically
0: like they, like you see them or like the, the, their behaviors are more apparent
1: like you see them yeah
0: you're right i definitely i feel like it's hard to be able to kind of give an age range to spirits but like usually you only know it's a kid when you actually see that it's a kid yeah Unless it's, like, something where, like, it's playing with, like, little toys or something like that. That you're, like, okay, like, a little kid would want to play with a rocking horse. Or a little kid would want to play with a fire truck. Um, yeah. But, yeah, this situation, uh, it could, I mean, it's hard to put a specific age to it. But I would say, I would say probably more likely than not, maybe, like, um, it's definitely, like, an adult. <laughs> I'm getting the yeah. vibes from. Um, that's just trying to make themselves known. Just saying, I'm here, and
1: I'll do whatever it takes. I'm here. Take the shoe, bitch.
0: (laughs) There was nothing, at least, I mean, a shoe isn't as bad. I mean, a lot of us have had shoes thrown at us in our lifetime. So, it could have been, like, he could have thrown a knife. Or he could have thrown, like, a garage tool or something. So, it could have been worse. True, it
1: could have, he could have thrown, like, a hatchet at him.
0: Yeah, so, um, yeah. Well, let's try to, let's try to spin this a positive way.
1: True, at least it was only a shoe.
0: (laughs) At least it was only a shoe. Yeah, my mom used to throw shoes all the time at me as a kid when I was (laughs) acting up, just, you know, just motherly things, okay? (laughs) My next story is titled. It wasn't my grandmother. I live in a small one story home in the country surrounded by acres of pasture and woodland. Although we have neighbors, we aren't close with them and we hardly have visitors of any kind. To say I haven't experienced anything odd or interesting during my time living here would be a lie. I could write a book about the amount of stories I have involving bizarre creatures I've seen roaming the grassy fields around the pond behind our house late at night. Ooh, some cryptids. Okay. I've been sensitive to the paranormal ever since I was a baby and the experiences run in my family on my mother's side. With this being said, I scare easily. I'm a huge baby when it comes to anything out of the ordinary, so I've had to teach myself how to turn it on and off, so to speak. This particular story, however, takes place long before I learned how to do this. Around ten years ago, my grandmother, who lived with us, passed away. I was very close to her, so it t- I took it the hit hard. Around this time, the paranormal activity in my household began to ramp up. Toys would turn on and off without anyone or anything near them. We would occasionally feel something tap on our shoulders, and my brother, who moved into her old room a few months later, even distinctly remembers a warm breath on the back of his neck when he was alone in the house. So I retract my statement from what we were previously talking about, saying, like, I always assumed that it was kids when they when you see, like, little toys going off. Yeah. Because I would just think that that would be a kid. But now I'm hearing that this possibly could be the grandmother playing with the toys. And it makes sense because they're just trying to connect with the younger, the younger people in the house. Ooh, and, like, grandparents, true. you know, like, they want to get on the floor even though it's hard for them to get back up just to play with the kids and... They try to, you know, show that, like, loving care that they have, that they want to pay attention to the child. So um, I take back the statement that I always think that it's children playing with children's toys, like children's spirits.
1: Because it definitely... I'll contact our legal team and inform them that you retract that statement. Thank you. Thank you. Our legal team is secretly just my dad.
0: (laughs) As long as he can notarize it, we're good. (laughs) All right. Back to the story. Sorry, guys. We were all rather calm about it, as we believed it was my grandmother hanging around to help ease us into the transition of life without her. I've never felt scared or in danger. That is, until one night. This fucking story is making me an emotional roller coaster. I'm a very light sleeper. I inherited that from my mom as well. The slightest sound of the air conditioner turning on at night, and I was always wide awake. This time, however, I awoke to the sound of the floor creaking outside of my room. The way my house is laid out, my room, my aunt's room, and my brother's, formerly grandmother's room, are all at the far end of the house. One has to walk the entirety of the house from my room through the kitchen, dining room, and living room to get to my parents' bedroom at the opposite side of the house. I looked at the clock and realized it was a little past midnight. No one would be awake at this time. The creaking wasn't uncommon, however. We had a few weak spots in the dining room and kitchen that would creak occasionally, even if no one was stepping there. Just as I was about to fall asleep, I heard a second creak, further into the dining room. Again, odd, but not entirely unbelievable. It wasn't until the third creak came just outside the kitchen that I realized it sounded like very slow footsteps deliberately stepping on every weak place in the floor. I sat up to listen closer. As I did so, I heard three or more very distinct creaks coming back to the door of my room. They stopped directly outside my door, then began to pace back in the direction of the kitchen once again. I listened to this repetition for 15 minutes or so, memorizing each of the steps until I was able to predict when and where the next one would sound. It was so bizarre, but even my little 10-year-old brain tried to reason that it was just the house settling or an issue with the air conditioning or something like that. But I said earlier, I scared easily, especially in the dark of the night. So I quietly slid out of bed and was trying to make a run for my parents' room. The only problem was that I had to run through the kitchen in order to get there. Where the creaking was currently coming from. <laughs> I steeled my nerves and opened my bedroom door, quietly stepping into the rest of the house. The lights were off, but there was no one in the dining room. Just as I start my wild run to my parents' room, I realized the next predicted step didn't come. Instead, I became aware of a much more terrifying sound. Running. Something was running at me from the kitchen through the dining room. There was no one there, but I could hear it so distinctly. I panicked and ran back into my room, the footsteps right behind me. I jumped into bed and covered myself with the blanket, and fast footsteps came all the way into my room and right to my bedside, where they stopped. And they stopped. I didn't hear them again the rest of the night or the following night. In fact, to this day, it's the only night anything in my house ever made that kind of sound, and I still have no explanation for it. All I know is whatever chased me through my home that night, it wasn't the spirit of my kind grandmother. The
1: end. So we did a story like this.
0: We did something similar, right? I thought it kind of, like, it sounds... It sounds familiar, especially with the fact that there's running involved. Yeah. (laughs) Which... Freaks me the fuck out because any anything that I can't see that I can hear is running towards me. No Hell thanks. No. no thanks. That's like we I think when we talked about something like this, we talked about like how running and crawling are big nopes. Yeah. And children's the laughter. Nopes. The biggest of nopes. Yes. Children's laughter, children's singing. Those are just like the four big no's. Yeah. Um, but yeah, horrifying, but at least it was, I mean, let's think of a positive. At least it was the only creepy, scary experience that they had in
1: that house. Yeah, true. It could be, it could be much worse.
0: Could be worse. All right. We're looking at the positive today, guys. It's Wednesday. We got to keep positive. We're halfway through the week hump day do you remember those commercials oh classic of course i you don't remember the uncle magic commercials but i remember the hump day commercials
1: (laughs) guess what day it is guess what day it is
0: (laughs) childhood memories
1: all right my next story is called as if quarantine couldn't get any worse I think I'm being haunted during quarantine. Recently, I've been having weird experiences in my bedroom and getting freaked out. It started over the last month or so. I'll be lying in bed, and suddenly I feel a localized impact on my back, like someone is punching me, or like someone is punching my mattress from underneath my bed. I can feel the mattress move and hear the noise of impact. It's happened about three or four times, always when I'm super motionless in bed, alone, with my husband, who's fast asleep. The first time it happened, I felt random punches. I wasn't scared because I thought it was just some fluke. What kind of fluke? Okay. Uh, The second time, the punches were more uniform. Like, every two seconds, on the dot, this went on for about a minute. Earlier this week, I felt one under my left shoulder, then right after, three under my lower back. But last night, it was really bad. I was in a deep sleep, one of those sleeps that takes you a while to become fully awake. And the punches woke me up. They were so rapid and aggressive. It was like someone was beating to the tune of a song under my back. It stopped right after I woke up. But then I, but then started more randomly and subtly a few minutes later. My husband hasn't experienced it yet, uh, but looks under the bed every time and sees nothing and and sees nothing that could explain what i'm feeling also no person could fit under our bed because space is filled completely with storage bins after i mean before this sorry those are two completely different words before this i didn't think we'd ever had any unusual experiences in our apartment which we've lived in for three years But then I started thinking and realized some other strange things happening in our bedroom that I thought had a natural explanation. I've noticed a strange smell around my bed. My husband can't smell it. I've never smelled anything like it. It's a weird, musty type of smell. On top of that, I hear things scratching and moving around on the floor of our room fairly frequently, which has been going on for a long time. I figured it was a mouse, but I've never seen one in our room and I've never seen any droppings. Also, last month, around the time this started and my husband was out of town, I woke up from a deep sleep and for a split second saw a man standing over me with this big, creepy smile. It scared me so bad, my whole body went numb with adrenaline and I screamed. I rationalized it to be a dream, but it didn't feel like one. All of this can explain oh, I can explain away, but I don't understand the punches. Has anyone else experienced this? Hoping there is some sort of explanation the end
0: did anyone leave any comments underneath that encounter like saying they've experienced anything like the punching or the face or um let me check because i'm very curious i've never i've never i don't think we've ever read anything about punching like we've seen we've obviously read stories about things being thrown um scratches but punches is
1: i don't know let me see oh this is really far down i don't know if i can find it again oh it's Um, no big deal
0: i just i thought if you still had it up no big deal i was just curious to see if people i'm very curious every time i read a story i just see if there's any comments below to see if there's any explanations or theories that maybe we wouldn't come up with uh i find it very intriguing um to read those things so i was just curious uh what like what do you think of this experience though
1: Um, honestly, I think it's a classic monster under the bed.
0: A classic monster under the bed. You know, you know
1: how you're always like, mom, there's something under my bed when you're a little kid. Yeah, this is the reality of that. The face
0: alone. Yeah, yeah. this is this needs to be a goosebumps story. R.L. Stein, call him up, send him the story because this is the real life monster under the bed
1: it really is it's, <laughs> it's like and there's plenty of other spooky kooky stuff going on around it you know it's not just that it's the scratches on the floor it's the man that you know she's seen standing over her
0: i think it, and i think it's all one
1: th-
0: spirit thing yeah i don't think too. it's a bunch i think it's one that's just taunting this person for whatever reason
1: uh, yeah, I agree. I think it's just
0: one. Uh, I would hope that this person sages, salts, does whatever they need to do to get rid of the spirit because it doesn't seem like it's going to get any better.
1: Nope. It seems like it's escalating, if anything. Unfortunately, yeah. right. it, it seems
0: like with these experiences, it's like things get worse. Th- things have to get worse before they get better. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. So fingers crossed for that person. All the fingers crossed. All right. My next story is titled Mid-Century House with a Nice Visitor. I've been living in this mid-century house for 10 years. It's a half-decent neighborhood. Neighbors don't bother us at all, usually. Almost all the houses here were built from the mid-50s to the mid-70s, with some exceptions. Overall, it's not weird by any means. So this house has always given me strange vibes, but only in certain places, like the basement or sometimes in the bathroom. I always see things out of the corner of my eye or figures pass by doorways. It's happened on multiple occasions. I'll see dark figures pass my door or downstairs in the hallway. These figures definitely spook me and i'm sort of a skeptic myself but something inexplainable happens pretty often that i still don't know the answer to i go to take a shower one time i feel this hard tap on my shoulder i whip around since i'm butt naked thinking i forgot to lock the door or something but i turn and there's nothing there i go to bed i feel somebody tap me on the back multiple times turn and there's nobody there I go into the basement. The dogs consistently bark at the back hallway. The cat is the only one who's not really afraid to go back in the hallway. The lights in the bathroom down there don't really work, so they flicker. I have to take the showers downstairs there sometimes since the upstairs is constantly being renovated. Because the lights don't work, I have to leave the door open. I've seen, on more than one occasion, figures pass my doorway and thought there was somebody in the room with me. Even though these things happen all the time, I'm still not used to them, really, and it startles me every single time. The end. So I like how this person has kind of taken the positive spin of what we're trying to do today and thinks that this is a nice visitor. This is something that it could be multiple people. It could just be one. I'm thinking, and I'm leaning towards it's just one singular spirit. That yeah, just, I'm
1: with you on that
0: that maybe lived in the house at one point, had some Mm -hmm. good memories there and decided that that will be their final place. And they're just tapping just to, you know, be like, Hey, I'm here. You know, I'm not going to do anything to you. It's not like it was a shove. It's not that it was malicious. It was just, Hey, I'm just letting you know that I'm here. Um, I'm going to, you know, respect you and your place, but just want to let you know I'm around. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I think I,
1: I don't, I don't mind that. What do you think? I, I would be spooked at first, but I think I'd get used to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially with it. It seems like this is a pretty common phenomenon. Yeah.
1: So I think at
0: that point, if you can get through this happening several times while you're living in a house and you're not necessarily getting scared, you're just kind of like weirded out by it, but you're not getting any negative feelings. Like your intuition isn't speaking to you in a sense of saying, like, get the fuck out. And I don't think that it's bad to cohabitate with a spirit like this.
1: Yeah, it couldn't always hurt.
0: Yeah. And especially if, I don't know if this person tries to communicate with the spirit, but I think communication is always key. Whether it's with relationships with human beings that are still alive or with people from the other side. I think communication's super important because they listen to us. Yeah. I like to think they listen to us. They like to, you know, they hear us. So, Yeah. All right, Lily. What's your next story?
1: All right, uh, my next story is called "Encounter with a Haunted House." I like to entertain the idea that ghosts and spirits are real, but when it comes to it, when it comes down to it, I don't think I actually believe in them. But I'm open to the possibility that I'm wrong because there is so much about the universe that we don't know. But a recent experience got me a bit spooked, and by recent, I mean literally yesterday and last night me and my wife did a walkthrough of a house we are interested in buying yesterday it was just us two as the owner had something come up and allowed us to take a look around anyways the house itself is lovely except one particular room dot 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 um when i walked into that room i immediately thought that something was off the energy was different and even the smell of the room was different than the rest of the house not a bad smell but the rest of the house smelled like cleaning chemicals while this one smelled like it was being lived in almost like the faint smell of a man's cologne. I've never experienced anything like that before. The look of the room wasn't different at all to the rest of the house either. So I'm not sure what gave me that creeped out sensation before I could even say anything about the feeling I was experiencing. My wife who entered after me said, this room gives me creepy vibes. Of course, I said, that's insane. I was thinking the exact same thing. I tried standing in the room to feel it out more, but nothing stood out to me. The closet wasn't different. The walls and carpet weren't different. There wasn't any furniture or items, just a plain square empty room. It was just the smell and the energy of the room that was different and maybe the lighting. But I'm doubtful that a dark room could give me the heebie-jeebies like that. (laughs) I actually enjoyed being in the dark. The rest of the tour and my day was normal. But last night, I had a nightmare that we moved into the house and discovered that a hooded figure resides in that room. Most of the nightmare was watching it stand in the hallway, blocking the only path to the exits, staring and laughing at us as we were too scared to approach it. It's been years and years since I've had a nightmare about ghosts or dark figures, and this one really got under my skin. I normally jump away from nightmares, but this one I didn't. I stayed in the nightmare and I felt truly trapped by the figure. It was pretty terrifying. I'm not sure what to think about the whole thing. The end.
0: I feel like this dream that she had was actually a real message sent by a hooded figure that was from that from that house, mm-hmm. trying to say like, "Yeah, I'm here. I know you sensed me. I know you saw my signs." Um, but yeah. Like, just letting you know I'm here, and I'm here to stay.
1: Yeah, true. I ain't going nowhere, bitch. That's what I would say if I was a ghost. And
0: I'd be like, you know what? Have the whole deed to the house. It's fine. I ain't living there. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. I think the fuck not. Take it. But a hooded figure, that never sounds good. That sounds very, like, culty, demonic.
1: Yeah. It sounds
0: to me like the Grim Reaper. Yes, holy shit, yes. I didn't even, yeah, literally, like the Grim Reaper. Weird. Weird, weird story. And I mean, we always hear about um, how spirits sometimes make their presence known with sense and uh, sick feelings, or they kind of take control over people's emotions. So um, mm-hmm. everything kind of, it goes down the checklist of definitely encountering a spirit, but what type of spirit we can lean towards the more not-so-friendly side, but we'll never know if it's just that one spirit or if there's a couple that reside there.
1: True. Yeah. The world may never know.
0: All right. Ready for my third story? Born ready. This I one came is... out
1: of the womb ready to listen.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. I, I could picture Lily coming out of Amy's womb with a T-shirt that says, I was born ready for this. <laughs> okay. Uh, Is there anyone who can help me with an experience that happened about 10 years ago? So, just as a disclaimer, this happened almost 10 years ago. I hadn't thought about it for a while, but recently it's been nagging me in the back of my mind because I'm using it for an English essay. So, long story short, I didn't have the best home life. It wasn't that my family was loving... Uh, They were wonderful and supportive. Unfortunately, mental illness doesn't discriminate between good people and bad people. My family was no exception. In our situation, it was hoarding. For my mother, this involved animals, craft supplies, and clothes. Not the greatest combo in the world. I haven't lived there for nearly seven years now, and I'm still convinced there is some sort of demon living in that house. Being that it was 10 years ago, I don't remember much of the experience. What I do remember is that it was in summer, and I had been fighting with my younger brother. The fight nearly turned into a full-on brawl, and then I decided to retreat outside before we went from yelling at each other to throwing things. Then I broke down into tears because at this point, I felt like I was drowning and everything was just completely hopeless. The next thing I know, there was this presence by my side and a hand on my back. All of a sudden, I didn't feel so hopeless, and I could actually breathe. Then a few moments later, it was thundering and the rain was pouring down. I could literally feel the rain splattering against the roof because it was coming down that hard. (laughs) I've never been entirely sure what to make of this experience. What I can write the thunder off as, a freakishly convenient happening due to the fact that it always been trying to thunder before the experience, the weird (laughs) presence is another story. It wasn't like a swoosh, it was a hand, and there was something next to me who was there for several moments. I've always been a firm believer in science, but I also know that there are things in the universe we can't explain. So, like with this, obviously something happened, but I just don't know what. So I guess my question is, was this all just a hallucination, or does stuff like this actually happen? I have difficulty believing that some otherworldly being just up and decided to comfort a crying girl because, I don't know, shits and giggles. But where do I even start finding answers? The end. Damn so um so this is this is what um there was a couple comments in the uh section that people could reply back to this encounter so Mm -hmm. one was saying maybe it's a guardian angel and that the thunder and lightning may have been to relinquish that of that demon that kind of seems to reside in the family uh in like the family culture of the house um and
1: then i like that
0: yes and then um someone wrote in that there's a lot of spirits in the Pacific Northwest and many of them actually are more supportive than harmful Um, and from this person's personal experience they suggest that it may be a cedar spirit um, and asked if they had a cedar tree in their yard because obviously cedar spirits um, feed off of the cedar trees and according to legends from the area that this person grew up in the spirit of the cedar tree is very helpful and is known to lend strength to people who stand near it So, yeah. I've never heard of
1: that before. Mm-hmm.
0: It's interesting, like, the more you read, like, and this is, like, not a typical, oh, I see a ghost or I hear something. This is just a feeling that this person got a sense of touch that it's so small but so significant that 10 years later this person remem- remembers something that most of us probably would forget about. But there's yeah. a reason why this person remembers this specific experience and um, it stuck with them, and is even writing an essay on it. So, um, like this person said, there's so, they, you know, we can all be science based people, but there are things in this world that we can't explain. And that's what the paranormal is it's the things that we can't explain that don't have logical scientific explanations.
1: Yes. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks for coming to Rebecca's TED Talk, everyone.
0: <laughs> Good night. <laughs> All right, Lily, what's your next story?
1: Okay. My next story is titled... Let me just get to it. Ah! I think my old apartment is being haunted. So I'm moving into another town, finally, out of my parents' apartment. In the meantime, I'm moving to the new apartment before moving again in a couple of weeks. I have always said that the old apartment is haunted. Shit is not right there. From hearing voices calling my name to someone pulling my door to handprints on my windows, something is not right. My mom has had one really scary paranormal encounter that my father also witnessed, and he is a skeptic of the paranormal. When I was very little, like one year old maybe, my father's grandfather was in the hospital because of bad health. My mom was home alone in our house when she decided to take a shower. She gets out of the shower and jumps out of fright. She sees the face of my father's grandfather in the mirror. My mom, being scared as shit, calls my father and gets him home from work. He gets home and stays the rest of the day home. After a while, they hear heavy steps from someone with boots on our stairs. They go out to check. Nothing is at their door. After a couple of minutes, they hear the same heavy steps on our balcony. Once again, they check, and nothing was there. They shrug it off as them just being paranoid. My mom gets an iffy feeling and gets him to call the hospital. They told him that he was in good shape. A little while passes, and the hospital calls. He is moments away from dying. My mom and dad rush to the hospital, and my grandmother tells the dying family member uh, that my mom is on the way. When my mom gets there, my grandmother says to him, look who's here. He takes one look at her and breathes his last breath before passing away my god so i'm convinced there is at least something that we don't understand after death or even when you are dying only a couple of weeks ago i got fully convinced when my door handle got pulled down and no one was standing outside is there a way of checking for ghosts that does not cost a lot of money we don't have a lot of money to spend on hiring someone to check do you guys have any tricks the end well i
0: feel like right now it's kind of hard to hire people, especially to go into a house that you don't know um, with, you know, everything going on. But yeah. there are a lot of uh, paranormal investigation teams that because they're trying to build evidence for their own research, I bet you would do it for super cheap, if not nothing, like just for, you know, trying to build their own research. Yeah. Um, so you could always just, go online and check out local ghost uh, ghost investigators a lot of them have Instagrams now um, and sage and salting is all I could say I mean that's like the main the main advice right
1: I think so I think I feel like a common theme today is just sage and salt it and keep going and just
0: communication of just you know maybe the spirit isn't I mean like do you think that the spirit's evil or what, what, what do you get from the spirit?
1: What I get from this spirit, I feel like this person is a sensitive Mm -hmm. and maybe it's a family of sensitives because, you know, you have all these multiple stories in multiple apartments. Mm -hmm. So either something's following this person or I don't know what else.
0: It could be. That I think is very logical to assume. So what do you think? I would I would have to agree with you, though, because, I mean, while they're, I mean, it could be possible that everywhere they go there is paranormal activity because, I mean, it, I mean, that is just a possibility. I, you know, you can't really explain that, but um, the events that happen, it tends to make me believe that this is, like, the same spirit constantly coming into contact with this person. Yeah. So I would say clearly there's some sort of relationship that need, like that is there between the spirit and this person writing their encounter. there needs mm-hmm. to be some communication and like being like, hey, I don't like how I feel when I'm around you I'm scared, can you please stop? Um, and if that doesn't work at that point then you know whatever faith religion that they practice, you know prayers, holy water, um, anything that, you know, they can strongly believe in and that they're confident that if they say these certain things or do this certain ritual, um, will leave the, like the, the spirit will leave them alone because as long as you're strong in your faith, uh, whatever you practice, spirits tend to leave you alone because they just feed off fear.
1: Yeah. Well said, very well said, Rebecca.
0: That's what happens when I got my seltzer early in the morning with some <laughs> CBD oil in it. So we're good. I had to, I had my, I have um, this seltzer, this little can of seltzer here. And this morning, right before I was, I went to go record, I was like, you know what? Let me put a little bit of CBD oil in this. And I went and took the little dropper and go boop. So I'm good. (laughs) I'm focused. I'm ready to go. All right. My next story is titled, At My Grandma's House, I Heard Whistling. I don't know if this is paranormal or what, but it freaked me out nonetheless. I was visiting my grandma in Washington State a couple of years ago. Her house was just down the street from the beach, and it was kind of older. The heating was needed to be done in each room on the wall. The heat only came from those vents, no central heating or whatever that's called, relevant later. Me and my four-year-old son would go to the beach often, but not usually at nighttime. We did this time just to walk along the beach. I was practicing my whistling. I suck at it. And then we went back to the house. I swear I hear whistling coming from inside the house. I couldn't ask my son if he heard it, as he's autistic and nonverbal. It was really clear and definitely sounded like it was coming from in the same house. My grandma wasn't there, and so and so was no one else in the house but us two. About ten minutes later, the curtain in the kitchen above the sink puffed up as if the window was opened or a fan or something blew into it. That window has no way of opening, and it was winter, and the heater was not near that window, let alone on." I believe those were the only creepy things that have happened to me for the span of my visits, maybe ten weeks total. And my grandma says nothing has happened to her. But at the time, I was really freaked out. The end.
1: That is freaky, especially with the window and the curtain.
0: Mm-hmm. I w- and that's just creepy. Hearing whistling—that you were just, you were attempting to whistle on a beach at nighttime, which you normally don't go to the beach at nighttime.
1: Yeah. And then for you many come reasons. home.
0: Yeah. And you come back home and you just so happen to hear whistling in your own home or where you're staying. That's just weird.
1: You're right. Maybe that's the creepier part. Yeah. Now that I think about it.
0: I think it's kind of like a spirit that or maybe just a, a guardian angel or a spirit guide that's just saying, hey, like I was with you on that beach. Just letting you know I'm still here.
1: True. It could be.
0: All right, Lily, what's your last story?
1: All right. My last story is called Freaky Coincidence or a Supernatural Patient in Room 7. I'm a pediatric nurse and was on a night shift recently. I was in charge, so the girls before me handed over that they had logged a clinical engineering job for call bell number seven. This was because the call bell kept ringing nonstop starting at 2200 hours. There were no patients in the room as it's an empty double door room. The call bells were disconnected from the wall and it still continued to ring. I said I will hand over in the morning to the charge nurse so she can follow up with engineering. I thought nothing of it as it was ringing when I started my shift and just thought how annoying it was to be all, it, how, how annoying it was going to be all night as it dings real loudly every 2 minutes. At midnight Before we start doing some rounds, I went to inspect the room and note all the call bells are disconnected from the wall and nothing looks amiss besides one pillow missing from the bed next to the door. I remind myself to bring a pillow next time I walk past to ensure the room is set up for a potential new patient in the morning. My coworker, Molly, not her real name, is floating between pods. The ward is divided into two pods. Molly is a serious and hardworking older nurse who is a devout Christian. She is going into room 8 to do an IV antibiotic, and I walk down with her, as I I am the nurse looking after pod 1, where where room 7 is located. I'm about to allocate a room to a new kid coming in. I walk past room 7 as it's on my way and think I should grab a pillow for the bed by the door, and as I look into it as I walk past before getting a pillow, oh my lord. The bed is sitting up and looks messy, as if someone was sitting on it. Hmm. Oh, I guess, yeah, the bed was sitting up like it was. Got it. Okay. Um, I thought someone from a different room could have been messing around with the bed, so I wasn't shocked or worried. Agnes finished her antibiotic and was um, gelling her hands outside the room next door when I asked her to come into room 7 and have a look. She asked if I was preparing the room for a new admission, and I said no. I asked her if she sat the bed up, and she said she hasn't been into the room, as there aren't any patients, and she left the call bell problem to me as I was in charge. I say it looks like someone is sitting here waiting for their call bell to be answered. Agnes pats the bed and says, hello, patient, (laughs) and looks at me jokingly. I jokingly say, hello, mate, can you please stop ringing the bell? You're keeping the younger kids awake with all the noise. And we walk out, shaking our head at the weirdness of the situation. We look up as the call bell dings, and the signal goes off for the first time since we started our shift. (laughs) It never went on again that night. I had to explain to my manager why I logged an engineering job and for her to cancel it. There are so many potential explanations... But we have many odd things that happen in pod one during the night, including people seeing and hearing the boy with the guitar, seeing a little girl come into their room and children sleepwalking and standing in the middle of the hallway staring at the room. Anyways, thanks for listening. Smiley face.
0: There's some history. There is some history there.
1: Yeah, some shit went down in room seven a couple years ago that oh, no one's talking about. For,
0: for sure. sure. Oh yeah, we just said that at the same time in the same tone. That's absolutely. Yeah, that's even right? freakier. <laughs> oh god. Um. Yeah. What? And the fact that there's a person with a guitar, kids sleepwalking, staring at. uh No, thank you. No, thank you. Weird, weird situation right there. Um. I love reading things that have to do with like um like different health uh like health like hospitals or wards or anything like that um just because it just gives it that like eerie effect to it too like even if it's not that they're evil spirits it just makes the story 10 times creepier
1: yeah
0: just because obviously you think of health and you associate these hospitals and stuff with death and injury and trauma it's like so much history built up in these places so oof, gives me chills gives me chills All right. My last story for today is titled The Forensic Wing and a Veiled Woman on the Fifth Floor. So I'm working in an investigative government agency with a building erected around 1960. I'm pretty pretty new since I started 2018, but my dad is a criminologist and my uncle's a chemist. I kind of grew up roaming the same building. It's not really that strict when the entire office knows you're an employee's kid. So first. First is the creepy forensic hall in my uncle's office floor. The third floor is a mix of chemistry and forensic lab medico legal it was a weekend so the entire building is nearly empty save for some roaming janitors and guards i tagged along with my father who works on a weekend like i often do when the weather is bad and couldn't play outside i think i was a little naggy so he told me to go greet my uncle instead that being said (laughs) me that being said i packed some comic books and carried my dog with me Already when the elevator opened on that floor, my dog started whimpering, but I only took it as he wanted to be let go. So I did. And he bolted on the forensic wings. That's where autopsies are usually conducted and severed parts of victims are stored. I fucking hated that wing. They have glass displays of human parts and fetuses and teeth and whatever the fuck oh, they God. can recover from a corpse and stored it in big jars full of, uh, full of fr- formalin. It didn't traumatize me, but it sure does creep me out. Some offices on that floor have frosted windows slash walls, so you can kind of see people inside during office hours. So my dog ran on that part, and since no one is on duty, the entire wing was dark. I switched on my phone's flashlight to look for my dog, and only when I was halfway to the end of the wing, I realized my dog is inside a fire exit, whimpering as if he's hurt. I'm a fairly brave girl and didn't believe in ghosts, but when I took another step, I felt my entire body run cold. My, "'My dog's whimper grew louder, and like something, it was hurting him. "'I attempted to march towards the fire exit, "'but my flashlight caught a silhouette of a man "'standing inside one of the offices with frosted glass walls. "'He was tall, kind of robust, and very still, "'so I knew it wasn't my scrawny shadow being reflected. "'I thought maybe a janitor, so, again, tried to make... "'I tried to take another step, but the silhouette walked towards the glass wall. "'He was just standing there for a few seconds, about a meter away.' I know it's a ghost, so I ran away, and that figure seemed to run with me, almost catching up inside the wall adjacent to me. I was, like, having a panic attack. I get to my uncle's office, screaming and crying and blubbering words. They have to get two guards to take my dog from the exit, and good news is he wasn't hurt or anything. My dad was so worried that he made my brother pick me up. I binged-watched SpongeBob that night to get that silhouette (laughs) off my head, and I also sleep with lights on starting then. (laughs) i just love that it's like all right let's just let's just erase all that childhood trauma with some spongebob good old spongebob that's <laughs> the probably, power
1: of spongebob that's
0: probably why i fucking love spongebob to this day just erases all my trauma all right then the second the veiled lady on the fifth floor this is the last story This happened in September 2018, and I'm not the only witness now. We have an office party in a nearby bar, and my office mate, who I will call Jenny, left our bags in the office with then intention of getting it after the party. I mean, come on, who likes bringing heavy bags in a party? And we didn't have a car, by the way. And it was only 7 p.m. The elevator is not functioning for whatever damn reason, so we took the staircase to the seventh floor where our office is. Between the fifth floor and the fourth floor, we tried to catch our breath, We'd been talking... We'd been walking nonstop. I was joking about getting old and some lame stamina, and Jenny was chuckling until she stopped all of a sudden. I glanced at her, and she was staring wide-eyed on the fifth floor. So I looked where she was looking, and then there it was, walking back and forth, a shadow figure of a lady with a veil. I swear we're so stupid and tired that we stared at it for a good five seconds, probably ten seconds for Jenny, and damn, that figure just kept walking back and forth before we bolted away. Yep, we took the fire exit, and yet, we dragged a friend in the same floor to come down with us. Needless to say, I work early to also leave early, and it's been like that <laughs> until now. The good news, folks, I will be transferring to another office, hopefully new and not haunted. The end.
1: I can imagine where there would be a lot of activity in a place like that.
0: And what, Like and what a I forensic like
1: office? Mm-hmm.
0: Like all the, the bodies that are chopped up and... You know, used to be examined, and oh, yeah, there's definitely some spirits lingering there.
1: 100%, without a doubt.
0: Maybe they find out that the, per- the woman in a veil was actually a woman that was a fiancé who wanted to get married, and then her soon-to-be husband killed her, and so she wears this veil mm. as if... as conveying a message saying that she wanted to get married, but the person that killed her was her fiancé. Mm
1: nothing scarier than eternal commitment
0: <laughs> that is actually extremely true it's pretty fucking horrifying to think about <laughs> all right guys on that note that concludes this episode of Jess just Gly Things, the quarantine spooky story special episode 77 Boo. Ooh, ooh. so lily do you have anything to wrap up for today
1: be careful in your garages because flying shoes are an epidemic
0: impossible flying hatchets yes all right time to tell you where to follow us where to stalk us follow us on instagram
1: at just coolie things podcast
0: our personal instagrams at rebecca ruber and
1: at lily Baldessari. twitter jgt podcast facebook like page just coolie things podcast facebook private group just coolie things podcast group donate
0: to our patreon just coolie things podcast and if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience you'd like to share on our show feel free to email us at
1: justcoolethingspodcast at gmail.com
0: Thanks so much for listening, Boo Thangs, and we will talk to Boo tomorrow.
1: Goodbye. Goodbye!